You see, when it comes to professional success, it is not survival of the fittest. It is survival of the focused. And focus requires nourishment. That's just the deal. When you have the resources you need, everything else is a lot easier. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, welcome to Messy and Magnificent. It's yours truly, Carly Fain. How you doing? (laughs) I've been thinking about you a lot this week. So if you've been listening in, then you know that we just did our first public opening for women to join the Boundary Academy. And this was years in the making, years of research and test driving the material with hundreds of women went into this launch. And now it's this real thing. (laughs) Honestly, my nervous system doesn't quite know how to process it sometimes. But you know, if you've ever brought something new into the world, something, an idea that you've had, that it takes both the initial burst of inspiration and then mostly major stamina, right? Because anyone can have an idea, but to stick with it, well, that's a game about endurance, right? And you know what makes endurance possible? Nourishment. Now, here's why I say that, because gosh, for so many years, I thought I had a follow through problem. I would hatch an idea, then I'd get really excited about it for a few weeks. I'd probably even tell a bunch of people about it, which I would then regret later. And then I might be able to stick with it for those few weeks or maybe even a couple months before just kind of losing my mojo and either getting swept up in the day to day of what needed to be tended to right there in front of me in my current job or just hatching a new idea and neglecting this one, just letting it collect dust somewhere underneath my sofa of regrets while I moved on to the next shiny object. And nothing was getting completed, at least not in the direction that I wanted it to go. But you know what took me a long time to realize was that it wasn't that I had a follow-through problem. That follow-through or the lack thereof was just the symptom. It was a symptom of having a professional nourishment deficit. I was expecting myself to walk through the hot sun of visibility and to birth a new idea into the world without any shade or glass of metaphorical water. In other words, I was expecting myself to do it all, mostly by myself, and then judging myself when that wasn't possible. You see, when it comes to professional success, it is not survival of the fittest. It is survival of the focused. And focus requires nourishment. That's just the deal. When you have the resources you need, everything else is a lot easier. And I picked this up along the way, working with a lot of my highfalutin clients, when I realized that a lot of the people who might go on to be on the cover of Rolling Stone or my clients who are selling out stadiums or you're seeing them on TV, they didn't all start with the most resources. And I say this with a lot of love. They're not all the smartest people either. They're not the most together in every area of their life, but they are very focused. And focus is so much more possible when we have what we need in order to be focused. And I know that sounds really simple, pretty basic, right? When we say it out loud, of course you do better when you're getting what you need. But I think it's easy to forget that. 
And that's why this month of March is our month of professional nourishment together. So maybe you caught the last episode called Out of Sync, How Women Are Receiving Personal Nourishment, where I kind of jump-started this conversation for the month. If not, go back after you listen to this one and you can catch up on what we talked about there. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Because today, we're going to call upon two very specific practices that together gets both my clients and I great results when it comes to following through on things in a really sustainable way without depleting ourselves in the process. So number one thing that gets us great results is that I have realized as a coach that if I talk a lot, I don't know, I hope something I share is helpful and I hope you would walk away with some nugget of insight that you might be able to apply. But real proper transformation happens, not when we get advice, but when we begin to hear our own wisdom. When something clicks internally inside of us, where things just begin to make sense or our synapses begin to fire in a different way, that is where real, positive, permanent, lasting growth is developed. And that usually happens when you hear your own wisdom. When you live into questions that allow you to self-source some of the information you're going to use in your decision-making process. And so as we look at self-sourcing, And having this lens of curiosity, the other thing that I find to be incredibly effective, it's not just about answering any old question. We want to look at this through the lens of appreciative inquiry. Now, rather than everything needing to be big or new or wide, sometimes going deeper into the right question in a moment, I'll talk about what the right question is, can lead us to really rich and sturdy and nourishing places too especially when those questions are designed to elevate our thought process. So when I say appreciative inquiry, I'm talking about this concept that turns the old idea of organizational change really kind of on its head a little bit. So previous change management theories came from this kind of deficit-based perspective, where we looked at what wasn't working and how we might fix it. And this really results in most workplaces in kind of a low morale, high turnover, a lot of layoffs, or just a general distrust of who's in charge. And this really lowers productivity. It leads to this general sense of focusing on the negative. Now, appreciative inquiry, rather, focuses on finding the problems and then encouraging us to consider the questions that will lead us into the best of what is possible next. Now, everything I just shared to you really comes to us from the David Cooper Ryder Institute of appreciative inquiry over at Champlain College. They have fascinating research and tools to support us in the art of appreciative inquiry. And I'll put a link to them in the show notes. And that's what we're going to lean into today. We're going to go a little deeper into a concept that I first introduced well over a year ago on episode five, where we talked about the five better questions to ask yourself when change comes calling. Now, all of this was recorded well before COVID, and yet it is entirely applicable in this moment. And since we know that going deeper into questions, especially through the lens of appreciative inquiry works, I knew it was time to bring this back. Now, just listening to this episode is going to be great. You're going to get a lot from it. But we've also made guide sheets to go along with this, to help you go even deeper into appreciative inquiry about what's going on in your world and help figure out the solutions that are going to guide you forward. 
You can download those entirely for free on my website. Hop on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast and look for this episode 70 or just go right into the show notes wherever you're listening in and we'll put a link into it right there. All right, let's talk about the questions we ask ourselves and which ones offer us the professional nourishment and inspiration to take us where we really want to go. Maybe you're minding your own business. You're, I don't know, you're in the shower. You're mid-shampoo. And you feel the stirrings of change rising in your chest. When I say change, maybe you're choosing this transition because it's time to consider a new job or to marry this person or to leave this person or to move across the state. Or maybe this change picked you because the person you voted for wasn't elected and now they're in charge or your child is off to college, or your spouse came home with a puppy without telling you, (laughs) no matter the territory of this transition you're finding yourself in, it's likely that before the bubbles have left the drain, the dreaded questions begin. And when I say dreaded questions, it's questions that sound like, what am I going to do now? Who am I to want this? Why can't I just be happy with what I have? Am I ungrateful? Okay, let's say I do this thing and then it fails. Then what? Wait a minute. Am I even qualified to be doing this? Will they still love me or relate to me or respect me if I change? What if it never gets better? And then here's the kicker. Will I end up alone? And it doesn't matter here in our shower metaphor that the steam might be rising because your confidence with these questions has just plunged into an ice bath, right? (laughs) And soon your clarity is following those suds down the drain. And there you are, wet, (laughs) spiraling down a set of questions that lean towards failure, concern, maybe even isolation. But here's the thing. You're a responsible person. You got to keep moving on with your day. You've got to go to work or you've got to take care of somebody or you've got to run some errands or do things around the house. So you move on physically. But these questions, they keep taking up space in the back of that beautiful mind of yours. And they're constricting both your chest, maybe your stomach is in knots. Certainly your sense of optimism feels contracted. It feels minimal. And you might even have this pressure to feel like you need to figure it all out. You need to have the perfect plan, right? Because if you just had the perfect plan or the right coach or the ideal mentor or the perfect therapist or maybe some system or some product that would make it all work perfectly, then you wouldn't fail, right? And then it would all be good. Or you're not able to start at all because it's just so stressful. They call that the cliche is the analysis paralysis, right? All those questions start going round and round in our brain and we feel like we can't even move or take action, even if we really want to. But here's the thing. Those who thrive while they navigate that territory of transition, they know this. When it comes to moving gracefully into something different, it is not survival of the fittest. It is survival of the focused. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. 
15 years of coaching thousands of women has taught me that it doesn't matter how good our plans, our intentions are, our network, or even our access to external resources. If we don't have the boundaries we need to honor what we care about, we will always struggle with a lack of time or energy or money or downright satisfaction. You see, women who have thriving, healthy careers and relationships know that boundaries aren't just something nice you get to later. There's something you practice gently now so that you have the later that you want. So you can get free access to the recording of the Boundaries Brunch we did right before the Boundary Academy opened. There's a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening or head on over to carlyfane.com. And in this 45-minute class, you're going to learn the three mindsets that women with healthy boundaries already know and live into, plus lots of rich, candid conversation with thought leaders in the field of boundaries and women who are just getting started. There's nothing for sale in there. (laughs) Just rich content you're not going to get anywhere else. Because that hunch you're meant to be doing something meaningful and enjoyable with your life and career, it's right. I hope you'll join me and women from around the world that are making having boundaries oh so doable. I'm going to tell you a little story. About five, maybe six years ago, I sat on a park bench with my dear friend and colleague, Maria Sirwa, because I was preparing to move back to New England after years of touring the world as the live-in health and life coach to famous kind of folks, right? Really high-profile entrepreneurs or artists and athletes. And there were so many variables (laughs) related to that move, taking up real estate in my head and my heart. I got this cross-country move to figure out all the details around. I knew I wanted to reinvent my business model so that I could work from home and I didn't have to be on the road all the time. And I was also ending a long-term relationship. Anybody else find this, that when you're making one significant change, that oftentimes other changes seem to come along for the ride, that it's rare that there's just one big change? If there's one, sometimes there's another one or more than another one that kind of get bundled up together, right? But in that moment, Maria and I are sitting on the bench and she says, let's do some work together. Yes, was my first response. <laughs> like immediately, yes, are you kidding? I would love to work with you. Then a pause. As those dreaded questions started to bubble up. For me, those questions in that moment sounded like, why would a thought leader like Maria want to work with me? She's so established. What's in it for her? And my questions were abandoning the truth because the truth was that I had something to offer. I was choosing unconsciously fear, right? Over the truth. I was choosing to believe that I wasn't enough versus what could I offer, right? What could I extend that could be of service to somebody else? And I actually said it out loud to Maria. I said, what could I possibly bring to our partnership? And without missing a beat, she said, I think the better question here is what would we have fun doing, Carly? And that simple reframe of my question shifted where my attention went. So that, who am I to be doing this question? It was a momentum stopper. It was like bubblegum on the sole of my soul, sticking me to the pavement. If we go back to that shower metaphor, that was like the shower drain pulling my energy downward into doubt and playing small. But the question 
what would we have fun doing? Well, that's a totally different question, right? That question calls for creativity. It calls for wondering. It calls for joy. It opens up to possibility. It asks us to rise into something better, something that we might actually enjoy. Now, as a coach, I knew this already. My clients and I, we all pause to consider what the better questions are. But as a human being, in the moment of her own transition, I needed to be reminded, right? I needed somebody to remind me that there's another way to approach this. So in case you find yourself on the metaphorical park bench of change, right? I want to know from you, which of the following questions, if you focused on it, would guide you into the best of what could happen next? right? Because this space, we call it the fertile void. And you might remember from, I believe it's episode three, and I'll put a link to that. We talked about the four phases of growth, of change, and of sustainable success. What those four phases really look like. In the first phase, we liken to winter, and we call it the fertile void, which is a name that Kate Northrup came up with. And that fertile void is our kind of place where we know something is changing, but we don't know what it should be, or we want something to change, but we're not sure what we want it to be yet. It's easy to feel doubt in this phase and to wonder why we haven't figured it out yet, but it's a lot more life-giving to lean into our sense of wonder and curiosity. And this is why I love questions, because questions innately help us open up to being more curious. This is why we know that um, one of the most successful ad campaigns of all time was that Got Milk campaign, right? It was so simple, to the point, with a big question mark at the end. And we know part of the way the human brain works is that when it hears a question, it begins to seek for answers. Even subconsciously, as you go about the rest of your day, your subconscious will be looking for answers to those questions. So we want to ask the kind of questions that enliven the subconscious to think really creatively and really positively and come up with solutions. And what's better than having your subconscious brain be working out solutions while you're going about the rest of your day? Right. So that maybe later you might have one of those surprise aha moments. They often come when we're in the shower where we're like, "Ooh, that's a good idea. Where did that come from? Or when you're in the car or have a client and she calls it pee wisdom right? because she's like, every time I sit down on the potty, I get like a really good idea. And the truth for her was that prior to us working together, that was like the only quiet alone time she was really getting consistently. So it made sense that that's when all these great ideas that her subconscious was working on could finally be heard because the volume was turned down. But remember, it is not about doing everything perfectly or trying to do all the things when we sense change on the horizon. The name of the game when it comes to curing overwhelm and living into your next ideal step is about focus. So with that, there is a master sheet to guide you through these questions that will make them very doable and give you something really solid to focus on when things are changing or when you're ready or craving some change in your world and offer you some answers and some clarity on the spot. That's over at my website. So carlyfane.com forward slash podcast, totally free. You'll see it there along in the show notes from this episode. Here we go. Five better questions to ask when change comes calling. In no particular order, number one is, when have I seen myself be brave before and how could I apply that now? 
So an example from a client of mine, we'll call her Sally. That's not her real name. Sally has been working at the same engineering company for almost two decades. And she's been in the same specific department for almost nine years. And she is so ready to change things up. She's ready for the next thing, but it's bringing up all sorts of questions for her, wonderings, all the feels are bubbling up. And it occurred to her recently when we were in a private session that she has seen herself leave other toxic situations before in the past, including a pretty terrible marriage. And in the moment when it was really terrible, she had gotten used to things being just kind of bad that had become her new normal. And after she made the decision to leave, she had thought prior to that, I could never live by myself. I could never own my own home. I could never make these decisions on my own. And she found out that she entirely could. And just a few months after making that important decision, she looks back on her life with so much more lightness and confidence. And she realized, oh my God, why did it take me so long to do that, right? And so she's applying that experience to this new experience of, Yeah, it feels unfamiliar. It feels challenging to make this change right now. But I have seen myself leave other situations that weren't working before. And I know I've got some of those resources in my toolbox and I could apply them again. So that question, when have I seen myself be brave before and how could I apply that now? That is really applicable if you find yourself in the type of change that is causing you to have to summon some courage and consider what might be possible if you felt that you had enough bravery to live through on it. Because the funny thing is, we don't get brave and then we do something. (laughs) No, it's the doing of the something that gives us a sense of bravery. So we can't wait to be courageous. It's the doing of the thing that feels true that actually bolsters our courage and then reminds us in the future, oh yeah, I've been courageous before. I can do that again. Question number two for the five better questions to ask when change comes calling is, If I was 3% more confident that things would work out, what would I try next? I love this question because it is so much more doable than having to pretend that we have it completely figured out and that we can summon all the oomph or the chutzpah in the world, right? We're asking not to be 50% more confident that things would work out. We're considering just 3%. That's just one small step. So for an example, I'll, I'll use myself here. When we were thinking about creating this podcast, I had all those doubtful questions. You've heard me talk about them in the first episode. But I asked myself, okay, if I was just 3% more confident here that if I created this podcast, things would work out, what would I try next? And in that moment, the answer for me was, well, I'd call somebody who's made a podcast before and I'd ask them what it's like. That's it. It's not a high-risk scenario. It's no big deal. It's just me connecting with somebody else who's got a little experience in the thing I'm considering doing. That's what my 3% look like. I'm curious, if you were 3% more confident that things would actually work out, what would you try next? Question number three, and the five better questions to ask when change comes calling is, what do I really care about? And how will I milk a more of that into my days? What do I really care about, right? And how can I create space for more of that in my days right now? 
This question is particularly helpful when we have no idea what we should be doing next, when it feels really cumbersome or overwhelming, because it helps us focus in on what energizes us. What do we want more of? And how could we welcome more of that into our days? So for example, I run a coaching program that's specifically for driven women who own their own businesses who are just done burning out. They're leveraging all of their resources to thrive in their careers without having to work around the clock. And I asked them this question recently as we come up on the holiday season. I said, okay, what do you know for sure you want to welcome in during these holidays? And one of the women said, you know what? I love baking cookies with my daughter and stringing up the Christmas lights. It's cold and dark where I live during winter. And having that sense of warmth and connection goes a long way for me. So what she knew was that she really cares about warmth and connection, a sense of being cozy and close with the people she cares about. And for free, she can do that right here, right now. It's not complicated, but every day she can dip her toes in that pond, right? Now here's the fourth of five better questions to ask when change comes calling. This one is a really big deal for all my independent driven sisters out there because I feel you on this one. This one is, who can I ask for help? Who can I ask for help? Now, what's really interesting about Driven Women is that doing the hard work, as in putting in the hours or doing the research or doing the manual labor or whatever it is required to live into a career that we like or a life that we like, that, while it requires some effort, is not that hard for us. Oftentimes, the hardest thing for us is learning how to ask for help because we have reinforced for ourselves time and time again that we need to figure it out ourselves because maybe that was our past life experience and it really was up to us to get the job done if we wanted it to get done. Or um, maybe we've just felt too vulnerable to speak up and ask for help prior to this. And so the question here is, who could I ask for help? right? Who might know something about this? Who could lend a hand? Who could help clarify what I could work on or focus my attention on moving forward? And then here's the final of the five. And this one might be my favorite one right now in this in this moment. The question here is, wouldn't it be cool if dot, 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 and you get to fill in the blank. This question was taught to me by Marie Forleo, and I love this one because it is so upward leading and it allows for real brainstorming and creativity with no real expectation on what pops up. It really leaves space to breathe and create something that we might not have even thought of yet. So wouldn't it be cool if you applied for this new job and you got it? Right? Or wouldn't it be cool if you told this person what you were really feeling about them and they felt the same way and now you guys were on the same page? With this one, we really get pragmatic. We get to grab a piece of paper or use the master sheet at carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. And you're going to set a timer for one minute and you are just going to brainstorm popcorn style any answer that pops up first 10 times in a row. So you'll write the question, wouldn't it be cool if? fill in the blank, and then write it again. Wouldn't it be cool if? Fill in the blank again. Get 10 different answers on the page and then move about your day. What's really effective about this exercise is that it primes the brain to keep looking for those unconscious solutions that we were talking about earlier. 
So I'd be really curious and excited to hear what you might do with the wouldn't it be cool if. This is something that Ellen, my co-pilot, my right hand here in my practice, we do at the end of every month when we have our culmination time. So the last week of every month, I don't coach. I just do the behind the scenes admin work and running of the business that's involved. And we ask the question when we get together, wouldn't it be cool if? And some of our best ideas have come from just filling in the blank. It is amazing how possible things are when we start with what would enliven us and then take small, consistent steps in that direction. So here's the thing. As I quickly reread this list to you, I want you to pay attention for the one question, not all five, but what is the one question that slows your wild mind long enough for you to hear your heart beating? The question that just sounds a little bit more interesting or it piques your curiosity just a little extra. Here are the five better questions again. See which one rings true for you. One, when have I seen myself be brave before and how could I apply that here? Two, if I was 3% more confident that things would work out, what might I try next? Three, What do I really care about? And how will I welcome more of that into my days? Four, who can I ask for help? And five, wouldn't it be cool if? And you get to put the answer. So I'm really curious to hear of these questions, the one that lands with you, the one that helps you feel like, oh yeah, maybe I could breathe again, the one that replaces fear with a little sense of possibility, go there. Repeat that question. I and my clients have been known to write that question down or type it up in a note on our phone and take a screenshot of it and make it the background screen to our phone or stick it on a post-it note somewhere where you're going to see it every day, like the dashboard to your car or near your door. Sing it out loud in the shower. Let that question hang in the air like a flag to possibility until an answer or the seed of an answer begins to emerge. Because here's the deal. Things will be different. Transition by choice or not, it's where we find ourselves sometimes. And the question that leads us onward becomes, in the face of this before me, who do I want to be? In the face of these circumstances before me, which may or may not be within your control, we don't get to decide how every moment of life goes, but we do get to decide our response to it. In the face of this before me, who do I want to be? So a little follow-up, because I know I love a little before and after story. What happened to that conversation that Marie and I had on a park bench five or six years ago, where we said, what would be fun for us to do? Well, after marinating on it a little bit more, having some tea and some lunches together and some phone calls, we thought, you know, what would happen if we brought the best tools and resources from the field of positive psychology and the best from the field of coaching, and we married them together to offer something that would be incredibly valuable to people going through transition? And we created this course called Navigating a Graceful Transition. And this summer will be the fourth year we're presenting it at the largest retreat center that's yoga-based in North America, Kripalu Center. And a couple of years ago, we were sitting on the stage while 
while the participants were together, they were working on some group projects together, outlining their plan moving forward through their transition. And Marie and I turned to each other and we said, this is so much fun. (laughs) And look what it's become. This is so much fun. And look what it's become just from asking this question. So I want to know from you, what is one takeaway from today's episode? If there was one particular question that jogged your mind and got you thinking, I want to know what that is, or if there was something else that stood out to you, make sure you head on over to iTunes and leave a review. I want to know A, what's landing with you, and B, I want to give you a shout out on a future episode and keep this conversation going. And if you found any part of this helpful, I really do encourage you to download the guide sheets that go along with this episode. Give yourself the respect of sinking in to the best of what's possible for you. There's a link to them right here, wherever you're listening in, in the show notes, or grab them at carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. Because remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including the questions that lead you towards the best of what is yet to come for you next. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.